Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project Season 8. This is uh, Episode 1 of Season 8. Uh, we hope you enjoy our podcast. We want you to listen, relax, sit back, and enjoy. And hopefully this podcast will help you find your way to peace, sleep, rest, or just chill. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. I'm Amanda Barker. I can't believe it's season eight. It's actually, if you think about it, Amanda, we've been doing this since January of 2015. Mm-hmm. So that's how many years? I don't know. Uh, that's a that's more than eight, anyways. I can't think at the top of my head. I don't but do math. Oh, eight years. Yeah. Is it eight? Fifteen to twenty. Well, eight and a half. Now. Eight and a half. Sure. So um, almost nine. Is it? Yeah, January two thousand and fifteen is a is a very specific time that I remember. Okay. So my memory is an interesting thing. I was uh, reading something about Julia Lewis Dreyfus. And how she doesn't remember things. And I'm like, oh, God, I think that's me sometimes with podcasting. I don't remember what I've said or done. Fair enough. But I do want to mention, since we're starting the, the season, if you haven't already given us a five-star review, please do so. That mm-hmm. certainly helps us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if, if, if you can, please give us that five-star review. It supports us in so many ways. It takes but a minute. And... Uh, it would just be a nice thing to put on your list of things to do today. So thank you. Also, um, you know, word of mouth is still the best marketing. We are wired for story, aren't we? All of us as, sure. a, as humans. So tell your friends. Let them know what resonates about this podcast. I do that with all of my favorite podcasts um, and books because, as we know, I read. <laughs> you do. You certainly do. And uh, and I think, you know, like I said, we're wired for story. So if there's a story or, or a place that we've talked about or a thing that we've talked about on the podcast that you've connected with or something that really soothed you, helped you to sleep or helps you relax, let people know. Word of mouth uh, is the best marketing and it always will be. Uh, speaking of journeys, Amanda, so we took a few weeks off as we do at the end of each season. And we were able to sort of focus on things that we wanted to do. We did. And we had the opportunity to go on a most wonderful trip. And I thought I'd share this with our listeners because I posted on Instagram photos of where we were, but Mm. I didn't say where we were because I wanted to wait. Were people guessing? 
people were guessing. People could sort of tell that we started off in Eastern Canada, the most right. Eastern part of right. Canada. So I did get some people clue into certain aspects of our trip, but not all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had an opportunity to fly from Toronto to St. John's, Newfoundland, and people recognize St. John's. So I was getting a lot of um, comments on the Instagram posts about St. John's. So mm-hmm. kudos to you who recognized St. John's. We booked this trip, I just want to say, two days before we did it. So last That's minute. how we roll, kids. <laughs> And part of the reason of the trip was Amanda just got her newest citizenship, which is Italian citizenship, because she's married right. to me and I'm an Italian citizen. Last week of August, that's that's what happened, yeah. So I'm a Canadian citizen, I'm an Italian citizen, thanks to my parents, or mm-hmm. my dad in particular. And uh, now on the form, I had to fill out, a, as actors, sometimes we have to fill out these forms, and it asks for your citizenship, and uh, you don't have much room in the box, so it's it's... U.S. slash C-A-N for Canada slash E-U, because now I'm an Italian citizen. I'm so proud of it, too. So based on that, I said to Amanda, let's see if we can get an inexpensive trip to Italy or Europe. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't. Not to mainland Europe, anyways. Which is not a shocker. I mean, who who has an expectation of, let's see what the cheap flight to Europe is, but sometimes... Two, Two days before. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can strike gold with that and if there's one thing that we love and we've always been aligned with in our relationship it's travel particularly cheap travel last minute travel extra extemporaneous travel for sure and so we we sort of said okay no to mainland europe but then you had this brilliant idea and this is where we're going to let you know where we were i did so i have noticed in the last few years canada our place of residence has um, some, it was something we've never been able to experience that Europe has and certainly the United States has, which is sort of cheap flights. We It's never really been a thing, but we're in a point in aviation where we, there are some cheaper budget sort of carriers that are offering us cheap flights to destinations we couldn't otherwise go. So I found these cheap flights to St. John's, Newfoundland, and that's when I had an idea. Let's go to the islands of Saint Pierre and Miquelon. Saint Pierre and Miquelon, which are two islands I've always wanted to go to for a very long time. They are off the southern shore of Newfoundland, and and I say shore, but coast. I mean they're they're far. You have to boat to them. We ferried. We Actually, ferried. Not yeah. that far. Well, they're. An hour and a half ferry. Which isn't far. I know, but I'm I'm making it sound like you could row a boat over. They're not that close. You probably could. I think it's 17 miles or 17 kilometers. Okay. In any event, back in the 1700s when Canada was forming, um, and I shouldn't say when Canada, but what we know today is Canada was forming. Obviously, the indigenous culture was here for a long time, uh, and it was a beautiful country. And, um, you know, the Europeans did what we what they did. And so uh, the French and English particularly were, you know, battling over territories. And in that time, in the 1700s, France gave over Newfoundland. And again, I don't know the actual history on this, but that became part of English territory, British territory. Consequently, Newfoundland only joined Canada proper in the 19, I think it was 1949. 1949. Yeah. So um, relatively recently, I guess, for 
country forming, that is, especially around here. But um, France held on to these two small islands off the southern coast, Saint-Pierre and Miquelon. And, you know, a lot of Canada became Canada, Quebec, and Canadian territory. However, France, France itself, held on to these two islands. And these are French territory from France. So when you approach these islands, you are in Europe. You are in France. They use French uh, European outlets uh, and voltages. Electrical outlets. Electrical outlets. They use the euro. Um, You definitely have to bring your passport, and you are definitely entering France when you enter in. Believe it or not, it is France. 45 kilometers from the uh, coast of France. Newfoundland to France in this case. And people had speculated to us it'll be like a French Newfoundland. And I'm here to say it's not. It was France. It's France. <laughs> the moment we stepped on the ferry, which was a French ferry, mm-hmm. which I found tricky because, you know, we're used to how North Americans schedule trains or ferries or planes. There's a very obvious sort of mm-hmm. uh, you take this train, then you connect here, you take this plane, it'll arrive at this time. It didn't quite do that when I was trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. because we wanted to go from Fortune to St. Pierre to Miquelon. Fortune, Newfoundland. That's the the fairy town. Yeah. And uh, and there weren't uh, fairy times that that correlated or worked in that way. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't obvious of whether you could take your car on the on the ferry schedule. You had to email them to let them know you wanted to take a car, <laughs> right. and then they would email you back. So it was a little bit not what I was used to. It was it felt very much like when I lived in Europe. Yeah. So the second we stepped on, Amanda, those electrical outlets were the, the European style, the two twenty volts on the ferry. Yeah. Everyone spoke French. Yeah. From France, France, yeah. French. France, French, not Quebecois French, which is different. Know, is different. Um, equally, equally wonderful, but yeah, different. Just different. Yeah. And um, we felt it. And we've both spent time in France, so we had that comparable. And we've both spent time in Quebec and in other French pockets in Canada. Certainly. Um, so we had all of that to compare it with. And we definitely were like, no, this is France, man. From the baguettes they made. Yeah. To the lack of ice in the drinks. To the uh, pastries, the French patisseries oh that, that I enjoyed. And they were great. They were fantastic. And we, so St. Pierre has about 5,000 people on it. And um, Miquelon which is a larger island, and it's connected to, what's it? Uh, Langlade. Langlade. But with... it's called Miquelon, but then when you look at a map, they sort of have, the island of Miquelon is Miquelon and Langlade. So Langlade doesn't get the credit it deserves. Now I know you never hear Saint-Pierre, Miquelon, and Langlade. And Langlade and Saint-Pierre are connected by a land bridge. Yeah, so it's, a, it's one island, but sort of, um, I think we said it was like a, like a figure eight or like, uh, I think you compared it to glasses. Yeah, like specks, like John Lennon specks. Yeah, two sort of circular land masses with a... With a bridge, a land bridge. A land bridge. Or a glasses bridge. That That I don't think was created. I think it was always there. 500 people live on those those connected islands. It's very rural. Yeah. So when we got there, 
we went to the tourist office, I guess you could call but it. I want to say something before sure. we get into the step-by-steps of both. Mm-hmm. And that was that entering into, because we first entered into Saint-Pierre, and then the next day went to Miquelon. Right. But entering into that space, into that world of Saint-Pierre and Miquelon was magical. I don't have another way to d- explain it. They are special, special places. Sure. They're beautiful. They're tranquil. Yes, they're remote. The people are lovely. Lovely. A little more lovely than in France, proper, but certainly in parts of rural France. Sure. Um, I just, I, you know, everyone has different experiences of Paris. I did live in France, so I have many different ver- sort of versions of comparing it to, and I would say it was comparable to like an island in no- off the coast of northern France. Sure. That's what it felt like. Yeah, of course, in every big city, the people aren't as friendly as in rural areas. Totally, yeah. And of course, Paris being one of the biggest cities in Europe, mm-hmm. you're not going to find the, the, you know, care and... and time that people put there is a french way of doing things a french way of thinking about things and that is absolutely present on these islands for sure so we hop on the ferry and head to from saint pierre to miquelon the next day Mm -hmm. it's once again about an hour felt like an hour plus ferry longer than i thought it would be actually definitely and we get there we go to the tourist office and there's really not much to do in on this island you step off the island in both islands, you step off the island and there is a presence of a big church, which is pretty typical for uh, French communities, sure. right? So Miquelon is much the same. You step off and there's a big church on the right side. And next to the church is a, what I would call a canteen, um, but like a little shack, like a like a wooden, shack. Like a wooden food structure so yeah picture you you they did it and by no means is it uh not look nice it's a nice looking yeah it's lovely food stand yeah i know shack it's not ramshackle no it's not ramshackle it's 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 newer looking like it's called adrian's and you go there and that's where you get a coffee or you get the coffee at the tourist office and those are the two places i found where you could get a coffee by the way the shack they all call the food truck go to the food truck so you're expecting a truck but it's not a truck it's not a truck it's a wooden <laughs> structure where you what that has seating yeah it's a wooden structure yeah with sort of um open to the elements but then you could probably batten it down when it got colder i think with french soft drinks and beverages and iced yeah, teas from france and, and water yeah yeah like french iced tea which is yeah. different sure it is yeah so we go there because we were informed by the tourist office that if we wanted to rent a bike we should go to the food truck mm-hmm. so we go to the food truck and i'm using air quotes because like amanda said it wasn't a truck Mm -hmm. and we said we'd like to rent bikes and the gentleman says to me adrian says to me do you want a traditional bike or an electric bike and i say let's go for the electric bike thinking it was more like a moped but the electric bikes they had were just bikes that would assist you Mm -hmm. with a little electrical burst but you still had to pedal and that might be a toronto thing because i think when we say e-bikes we are often thinking of a scooter Sure. Kind of apparatus, like a moped that you plug in. That's what I had. I had right. two of them at one point. Um, and But I think, I know our friends in LA, when they say e-bikes, they're thinking of bikes that have an electrical assist. Right. So this was the latter. No, this was the latter. And so he's like, I'll call Morgan. He calls Morgan. Morgan shows up 10 minutes later with some bikes, pulls them out. We hop in them mm-hmm. and away we go. 
and I have never ridden a bike on a road. So this was a bit of a a leap for me. I when I was 10 I rode one and when I was um years ago backpacking in Australia I attempted to and it was not successful. So I was a little worried, but after doing a couple because I've done scooters and mopeds now, um maybe my sense of balance is different. So I adjusted the bike and off we went. We decided to go to the northernmost point on the island, which wasn't far. Um and I just felt a sense of serenity. I felt like the breeze was blowing and it was just shoreline. And if you can imagine just um, a shoreline that's at times rugged and at times very tranquil, but just breezes, fields and shoreline. That's And no one else. And we found a little picnic area by a small beach and we had packed baguettes that we had got from a boulangerie in St. Pierre in St. Pierre because before there we... wasn't much on St. Pierre and there certainly wasn't much in Miquelon we yeah. discovered but I had a feeling and knowing there wasn't even much in St. Pierre and knowing that was more the hub I I said we found this bakery who knows what we'll find who knows what will be open so let's pick up these sandwiches and then we know we have lunch so we had lunch it was wonderful mm-hmm. and then we scooted around the island more and more and uh, we just enjoyed ourselves. We saw an old shipwreck boat that was oh, yeah, kind of, that's right. was kind of uh, on the land with yeah. some uh, historical markers. And uh, then it was time to go home. We mm-hmm. went back to St. Pierre. And when you say St. Pierre doesn't have much, it does have the what you need. It does. That's my phone. Sorry. It does have what you need. So mm-hmm. there are a few bakeries. We went to both of them. There are restaurants. You know, the thing about it is... The thing I found about St. Pierre, and again, Miquelon, we, we, it could be more like this, but because there's just less people. But both islands have a sense of, you know, they may rely on tourism, but they're certainly not touristy islands. Sure. I've been to a lot of islands. I love islands, by the way. They're kind of, I just have a very, very much an attraction to islands. So I've been to many. And an island that is visited by tourists even even somewhat tends to have a, you know, there there are gift shops, um, there are shops in general, there are restaurants. Now it's not to say Saint Pierre doesn't have this, but you kind of have to hunt and peck. You kind of have to know where you're going. You kind of have to look for them. Um, and like anywhere in rural France, um, everything shuts down for lunch. Sure. So twelve to one thirty. Don't try to do much other than me be going to one restaurant that does a lunch service. Um, the other one's open at night. And then back at two, some shops only open from two to six, and that's their day. Yeah. So, you know, it's not necessarily on your time, it's on theirs. And it's that type of feeling. I will say both islands were incredibly quiet. And maybe that's because we live in a city, so sure. we're not used to that level of quietness. But, you know, just walking around St. Pierre and, you know, some of the streets are cobblestone, others are, you know, roads, and certainly they there's cars and they, they're driving them. Um, but even with that, it had a quietness. I just, it was almost like, are people living in these homes? You know, everyone sure. at dinner um, goes inside and they're making themselves dinner. There's only four or five uh, restaurants on the island, 
which when you think about it for an island of 6,000 is actually about right because you don't expect people to eat out every day or whatever. But we only saw that in the center of town. We don't know if in the in the like burb areas, if there were restaurants that we yes, didn't we encounter. Do, honey. Yes, we do. There were. On the map, there were more little um, croissants and things. I mean, convenience store, perhaps, that we didn't see. or We explored that island, Marco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no we yes you do you okay. we, we we definitely explored it well there was was there not a restaurant on the boulon, boulon, near the boulangerie that we went to on the other side of the island where the where the kids clothing store was there must have been a restaurant there. no i mean no. we went to it it was the boulangerie okay my point being that you know french people cook as most people do sure but you know you're walking and it has a bit of um because it's European, it has that sort of, you're saying suburb, but my North American definition of suburb is a very specific look. Sure. This isn't, I mean, there is no suburb, right. really. It's you're more, just talking about like up on the hill yeah. versus not up on the hill versus But I downtown. do want to say that the homes there were very reflective of coastal homes in North America, in, in Newfoundland, in that they were brightly colored. Okay. And they were, they were, they didn't really have a French style to them, but more of a shaker style or, uh, you know, um, coastal style homes. Yeah. I would say it was a mix. Okay. Um, because you did have, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you do have that French colonial vibe. Only in the government buildings that I saw, not in the homes though. Like, yeah. Like okay, that, fair w- enough. that one government building that we went to that had the, the potted plants in a wheel, right. wheelbarrow, that looked very Well, French. they weren't, I guess what they weren't, they weren't all stone with like, you know, the stone French cottage with the yes. light blue shutters, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They weren't that. No, they the were French countryside. No, you're right. They were bright wooden, orange, bright, brightly colored, lime green, wooden siding type of clapboard houses. I think deep, that's what you're trying to say. Deep sea blue. Yes. Clapboard yeah. houses. Yeah. And there were a surprising amount of horses on both islands. There were, I, but uh, it makes sense. I don't think it is it surprising. I mean, at one time that would have been your transportation. So there's a, probably a long lineage of raising sure, horses. Sure, at one time. But right. our mode of transportation when we went to St. Pierre was we rented a car off a wonderful person. If you happen to go to St. Pierre, go to Marie and Fies. Yeah. Marie and Sons. Um, they're an auto body shop or a mechanic shop yeah. and they have a couple of cars that they'll rent. They do. And it's that type of place, right? Like he he has a, a small business. His name's Jerome. So the feast, feast meaning sons, Jerome. Mm-hmm. Jerome is amazing. Go see him. Go to St. Pierre, by the way. Like go to these islands. Because they are truly incredible. And those who um, live in North America, they're actually pretty accessible right now if you want to go to Newfoundland. I mean, there are more accessible places in the world, certainly, but it was doable, Here's is my point. How, here's how you can get there, just before we forget. Yeah. You can fly from Montreal, from Halifax, from St. John's, and from Ile de Madeleine. Which is another island I'm dying to go to. Or if you're in Paris, you can fly from there direct to St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. Or so there is an airport. What he's saying is there's an airport in St. Pierre, and those are where the direct flights come from. Otherwise, you have to, or you can drive from St. John's, Newfoundland, mm-hmm. about three and a half hours south, right, Amanda? Uh, yes, yeah, sort of south um, west. Southwest to the town of Fortune, mm-hmm. 
and you hop on a ferry from there. An hour and a half later, you're in St. Pierre. Which is what we decided to do because Marco hadn't seen, well, for starters, we got the cheap flights to St. John's and also Marco hadn't seen St. John's. And I only had been there once quite quickly for a wedding. So I was definitely happy to spend more time there. We do have some friends there. I love St. John's. That we connected with. I enjoyed St. John's immensely. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that? Or do you feel like we've... we've... Yeah, we have about three minutes left. Oh, I just I want to is that r- enough time to talk about St. John's? Well, we can give a little flavor of St. John's. Okay, so, so just to wrap up uh, St. Pierre, it was really charming. It was very French. It was very wonderful and colorful, vibrant, calm, and quiet. There aren't many places in the world that I'm excited and and happy to go back to. I would absolutely go back to St. Pierre and Miquelon. I found a magic in them I haven't felt in a while um, from places I've visited. They are special. They are unique. They're isolated. They are their own beautiful things. They're, they're gems. I love them. There's actually a, a small ghost town island that we didn't even talk about called Ile Omarin, which, which is we didn't ten, go to, yeah. 10 minutes from uh, St. Pierre. And it's a little little island that had fishermen up until the 60s. They moved to St. Pierre. So the homes and the church remain there. And you can go visit that island you as well. You sail past it and you see an island that has a church and 10 homes on it. It's quite quaint. But St. John's, first of all, the food that we had in St. John's was exceptional. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. If you go, may, might I recommend the restaurant Portage? Mm-hmm. Talk about it, yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. But St. John's is very charming. I love these uh, towns or and cities by the water mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Always have St. John's, Halifax, St. John. Uh, these are places, coastal coastal cities by the water that mm-hmm. I always love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Portage was, I found it on the Canada's 100 best restaurants list that comes out every year. And it's just a little guide for people who enjoy eating in restaurants. And um, it was the only one I could find this year uh, in Newfoundland. It's a relatively new restaurant. Um, the We found out after that one of the chefs had won MasterChef Canada TV show. But yeah, it was incredible. We also went to a place called um, Terre. Yes. Had a nice brunch at Terre, light-filled f- beautiful brunch it was actually the hotel across the street from portage we had the best fish and chips i've ever had in um oh yeah uh, called by the beach yeah, in st phillips a little bit about 10 minutes out of town we have friends that live in st phillips so we went down the road and on the beach had an incredible cod and chips like yeah. fish and chips lightly battered beautiful and i really enjoyed driving around st john's and all the roads there was one road yeah. in particular that was a hilly road called uh, Hill O Chips. Hill O Chips. That's right downtown in St. John's, for those who know it. And of course, the famous George Street. And we were there on a weekend. So we got to sort of walk up and down George Street and just enjoy the rowdy nightlife, which it's so famous for. We went to Signal Hill, which was on, on oh, yeah. top of the hill. And you could see for miles and miles. It was really beautiful. We went both at night and during the day. And of course, we went to Cape Spears. Cape Spear. Cape Spear. Thank you, Cape Spear. And that's where we posted a lot of photos that our, yeah. our listeners So it's the easternmost point, I believe, in North America. That's right. And in Canada, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mainland. Yeah, mainland Canada is mm-hmm. the easternmost point. And it was mm-hmm. wonderful. And you didn't think we were going to go there. And I'd like to, and I said, I'd like to go to Cape Spear. And then mm-hmm. once we were there, you were, you were entranced. And then I was like, well, we have to go to the southernmost point and the northernmost point and the westernmost point. So just another 
box of, you know, me and my checklists with travel. I try not to obsess about them, but I, it becomes a journey. It becomes a mission for me. And I just wanted to add one more thing. It's never, the mission is always about the journey. It's never about the destination. And it's just one podcast at a time. It's never about the end game. There you go. So that might be our next mission. But for our mission today, thank you so much for being listeners of our podcast. Thank you for sticking sticking by us for eight seasons, eight years. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best. And of course, we hope that this podcast helps you listen and sleep. 